I'm Shauna. I'm Andrea. And this is Criminal Colorado. Yeah. I'm pretty good. How are you? I'm good. Are we in February now when this drops? <laughs> uh, <laughs> We're almost. <laughs> almost, I think. Okay. So tomorrow's the 11th. So 14 days. Yeah. Yeah. This year is already a trip and it's like going by way too fast. I know. I know. I, I keep thinking if we can just make it to summer when we can get the vaccine, then it's all, it's all downhill from there. Yeah. But, I don't know. Current events don't back that up. Yeah. Well, and oh. for like the vaccine stuff, Jack said the other day, uh, so when do you think things are going to go back to normal at school? And I thought, because, you know, they were doing hybrid in-person online, like alternating yeah. days. And then they went, First, they were all online. Then they did the hybrid. Then they went back to all online. And then um, they switched it really quick, like before the holidays and had them just be at home. So I thought he meant like, I mean, what's, what's back to normal? I don't even know. But I, I thought he meant as far as like the hybrid thing, you know, so I was explaining their upcoming schedule because he'll go back to school. Well, by this, he'll already been back in school, but I thought he meant like, when will it go back to hybrid or whatever? And I said, and he, I was telling him and he said, no, I mean like without masks and stuff. I was like, oh, I have no idea. Well, it's going to be a while. Last doctor's appointment. She said, you can probably plan on wearing them through until at least the summer. And I'm like, oh yeah. I'm so glad I asked. Yeah. My, um, that's, my friend works in the healthcare field. And so she's getting hers on Tuesday. And oh, I nice. told her, let me know if, if the tracking chips in it cause her phone to act <laughs> funny. <laughs> or like if she glows in the dark. <laughs> you know. okay, for those of us, those of you who out there who cannot tell I'm joking, totally joking. Yes. Get the vaccine. Yes. So I just, I want you to be proud of me because I chose a crime that did not happen in Rocky Mountain National Park. (laughs) That's awesome. Although I'm totally down with the stories from Rocky National Park. So anytime you want to do the Rocky Mountain National Park, it's good with me. Well, that's good because I can't guarantee that I'll stay out for long. Okay. (laughs) So, no. This, I, it's just bananas. Okay, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna talk about it. Okay. Okay. We're talking about Gunnison, Colorado. Elevation, 7,700 feet, and it's only got a population of about 7,000 people. It's home to Western State University. It was the alma mater of my in-laws. And my husband actually went there for a year. Oh, wow. It's located on the western slope. Um, And for those of you who don't know, that just means that it's west of the Continental Divide. Um, And the Continental Divide separates the river systems. One goes east and one goes west. Which is amazing. I think it's so cool. Oh, cool. Um, And it's actually... Gunnison is one of the coldest places in the United States. Really? Yeah, because it sits at the bottom of several valleys. And so the cold air just settles in there. And just like sits on top of it? just sits there, yeah. Wow. The average low in February is negative six. And the average low in July is 42. Wow. So, yeah, I mean... It stays, like, 42 sounds lovely. I'm not going to (laughs) lie. It's a really good temperature. That's sleeping with your windows open temperature. 
Although I can tell you since um, we started this podcast, I never sleep with my windows open anymore. <laughs> I do like, I, I still do, but I have the way my house is, there's um, certain windows that are right above window wells to my basement. So those are the ones that I do. Cause I'm like, somebody either have to have like a lat, like a, like an A-frame ladder or something to yeah. get in. And I'm like, my theory is that my dogs will let me know before, but my windows that somebody could just like climb up to, I don't. Yeah. yeah. Well, and my dog, I mean, the only way we'd know is if like her tail was wagging hard enough to make a sound <laughs> beating against somebody, uh, something otherwise we would not know because she's just a doofus. Like I love her so much. You've met her, but her name is Dixie, and we adopted her from um, a shelter in Texas. She's a bloodhound, and she only has one eye, and so she's just this goofy. She's so cute. I just love her, but, like, she's not a guard dog. Well, and I say that mine would do that, but I'm not sure because they'll bark in the backyard. They'll bark at somebody walking because there's a road behind my house. Uh If somebody's walking on the other side of the road behind my house, they'll bark at them. But then there were like squirrels out there the other day, like in the trees, totally disrespecting the boundaries that my dogs have clearly set in the yard. And my dogs didn't even do anything. But then like a robin will be in the yard and they lose their minds. So who knows what they would actually do in real life. (laughs) So the back side of my house, well, the side of it is on the other side. Uh, there's a road on the other side, you know. Yeah. And uh, people walk up and down that, and yeah, she barks. But there was a squirrel in the yard, and this squirrel was like, you know how squirrels kind of tell you off? Yeah. This squirrel was telling her off one side and down the other, and she's just looking at her. It's so funny. When my dogs were doing that, I was like, not that I want them to get a squirrel. Don't get me wrong. Like, I don't want them to. But I was like, oh, you're just going to let that stand? Like, you're not even going to bark, but somebody can't even walk in the neighborhood without. (laughs) So at our old house, my dog, Rue, who I miss very much, she would bark at, you know, stuff outside. And so there was a stray cat in our front yard because the neighbor made it a habit to put out cat food all the time for stray cats. Oh, so, so you got a bunch. Had, oh my gosh. It was terrible. And um, they would fight in the middle of the street in the middle of the night. And it sounds like a baby crying. Yeah. Anyway. So I let Rue out into the front yard. I knew she wouldn't hurt the cat. She would just bark and the cat would run out of my front yard so that the cat didn't leave behind what cats leave behind. Rue was useless. She went up to this cat and just licked it on the head. And I'm like, (laughs) on one hand, I'm like, that's so sweet. And on the other, I was like, you had one job. Yeah. What like just bark a couple times. Get the cat out of here. <laughs> but no. That's funny. Okay, we got really far afield. <laughs> so we were talking about Gunnison, and I don't know. Oh, about the weather oh, and weather. window weather. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, but if you look at pictures, Gunnison is beautiful. And my husband said, it's just gorgeous. Um, he worked with Alpine Rescue for a little while while he was down there. Um, and so it involved lots of hiking and stuff. And I mean, you get to help people, but also hike. And so how yeah. is that bad? That would be cool. We're talking about the disappearance and murder of Jake Millison. And it's, it's just so messed up. I remember this story coming out, but I didn't know all the details. And the more I looked into it, the more I was like, what the, what is happening? It was on Dateline with Josh Mankiewicz. So obviously it was a big deal, right? Because if it's a Dateline with 
out like a host yeah the crime but when it's a dateline with josh mankowitz or the other guy but it wasn't was it (laughs) you know the gray-haired guy yes Uh, keith morrison yes obviously it's a big i love both of those guys i do too i do too so this took place on the 7-eleven ranch outside gunnison um, that's where he and his family lived. It was a 700-acre ranch that, at that time, was worth approximately $3 million. Wow. And that happened in 2015. So, like really recently, this was an expansive ranch worth a lot of money. But the family dynamic was unusual to it was unusual so deb his mother was a massive hoarder like what you see on tv dodge and i oftentimes we watch hoarders together Mm -hmm. because the same is with a killer like it's the psychology right yeah Um, but she was like one of those on tv she had entire outbuildings that were just hoarded full oh man she was really controlling uh she was domineering but she was also teeny tiny uh she was under five foot tall and didn't weigh 100 pounds soaking wet and so it sounds like just a description but this is an important plot point later jake's father was ray and ray was described as an quote old crazy gun guy Um, oh that was a compliment by the way so i want to steer clear of him (laughs) seriously when jake was six and stephanie his older sister was seven deb and ray split up and um deb remarried a guy named rudy Rudy's last name was Rudabaugh, and I never actually found Rudy's actual first name, so clearly it was, I mean. I hope so. I mean, but sometimes you see, like, Jack Jackson, John Johnson, so Rudy Rudabaugh would be pretty funny. It would be. Um, Rudy was 20 years older than Deb. He was a frogman in World War I. Now, I looked that up because... I wasn't 100% sure what that was. So frogmen were the predecessors to Navy SEALs. And in World War I, Rudy, and this blows my mind, but he hid underwater in rice paddies, breathing through a straw to stalk his enemies. Wow. I know. And it's just, you know, the cartoon Robin Hood where he's, underwater and like with the fox and he's breathing through the reeds it was like that (laughs) holy cattle like that's just i don't even know but he was kind of a weirdo um he had a hunting business that he used carrier pigeons for so from one camp to another (laughs) he used carrier pigeons (laughs) I mean, I know carrier pigeons are a real thing and it's cool, but that sounds so ridiculous. It's bonkers, right? Yeah. So, I mean, it. W- I just don't even know. To, to keep adding to the what the heck part of this story, at one point, Deb bought an African lion cub. What? I know. Why not? I guess, right? Like they kept it chained in a corral um, and they would go around the county to collect roadkill to feed it. Oh, jeez. Look at my face. It's a serious face. I mean, I couldn't make this up if I tried. The neighbors complained that the lion was scaring the livestock. Sure, it was. <laughs> you know, lions will do that. <laughs> Like, a cow doesn't have to know the history of lions to know that that lion doesn't seem safe. Yeah. 
ultimately someone shot the lion from the highway oh i know but it was chained in a corral eating had a very sad eating life roadkill so like why it's sad that it died but i'm i mean i'm sure it just i don't know yeah it didn't have a good life no it had a horrible life Deb and Rudy homeschooled the kids. Oh, great. When we were adopting Dodge, we had to have an expansive um, home study. Uh-huh. And one of the things that they talked about, because Sloan wasn't in school yet, they were. she said, now do you plan to homeschool? I said, nope. I love my child far too much to homeschool. And she said, okay, that's good. I was like, uh, what? <laughs> she was saying that a lot of times people use homeschooling, not all people. So if you homeschool, God bless you. But people use homeschooling as a means to hide abuse or teach wacky, wacky stuff. So. Yeah. Yeah. And I know there are definitely some people that are good at it but there are a lot of um yeah yeah (laughs) the reason that deb and rudy homeschooled was because they refused full out refused to hire help for the ranch and so jake and stephanie were the help okay i'm from nebraska i know farmers But on a 700-acre ranch, you would have to hire at least a couple of ranch hands. Yeah. But it all came to Jake and Stephanie, whether they were baling hay or branding calves or repairing tractors. And they were so cheap that they didn't even buy any kind of shoots for the calves or anything. So it made things like branding way harder (laughs) wow now as rudy got older because remember he was 20 years deb's senior he wasn't able to do all the work that he had done before and so everything was left for jake to do now finally when jake was a teenager he was able to go to high school but he got in trouble early on because he had never been in school. He'd never really been around people. So he had, I remember he was on a ranch. So he had a gun in his truck on the gun rack mm-hmm. you know, for coyotes and stuff. Well, he didn't know he couldn't take those to school. So that happened. When he was homeschooled, he was really, really lonely. And so finally, when he was able to go to school, he made a group of friends and they were really, really close. They talked and hung out all the time. And honestly, they were Jake's refuge. Like he needed a break and they were that break for him. There's a couple of other things that I need to point out. Jake loved motorcycles and he had several of them but he had one in particular that he had fixed up that was his total pride and joy and he took every opportunity he could to ride it you know day night winter summer it didn't matter he was on it all the time and he had a dog named elmo huh he never went anywhere without the only time he was ever not with the dog was if he was out to eat or or something in 2009 when jake was 23 and stephanie was 24 rudy passed away rudy left stephanie an inheritance of thirty thousand dollars he didn't leave jake anything Rudy also had a son from a former marriage named Shane, and Shane got the shaft too. The belief was that they would get the ranch ultimately, but 
Dev was still vital and active, so it like it wasn't gonna happen any minute. After Rudy died, the ranch hit the skids. It was hemorrhaging many. I mean, not like bleeding, but like cut the jugular hemorrhaging money. So Jake took on a bunch of odd jobs. He was a chimney sweep, he sold firewood, he worked for a landscaping company. He even went to Alaska for a season to work on a crab boat. And his oh, wow. friends say that that was the happiest he's ever been. And he brought home $15,000 and they were hoping that he would, his friends were hoping that he would use that for himself, you know? Yeah. But he gave it all to his mom for the ranch. And he never got a paycheck from the ranch ever. So like he had given everything and wasn't getting anything in return. Now there's a few things I want you to know about Jake. Jake did not drink. He met his friends at a local bar called the Alamo almost every evening where he would get a soda. He was always the designated driver because he didn't drink anyway. He didn't do drugs. Now he once thought about selling magic mushrooms to try and help the ranch, but his friends reminded him that since he didn't do drugs himself, he wouldn't be able to try the product. So that idea fizzled out. He didn't smoke. He didn't eat junk food and he would harangue his friends when they got like Taco Bell. Meanwhile, <laughs> I would be like, listen here, buddy, you be healthy all you want, but these are my tacos. <laughs> just, just shut it. He was super adherent to a schedule. If he said he would be somewhere at seven o'clock, he would be there at seven o'clock. He'd actually probably be in the parking lot at 645 waiting so that he could walk in the door at seven o'clock. Well, and I bet he didn't have a lot of free time. So I'm sure he took like his schedule really seriously. Yeah. If he made plans with somebody on Friday, then on Thursday, he would actually call to confirm. Wow. He wasn't flighty. Like he was just, if he said it, he did it. And he wasn't like, you know, those people who are total flippered gibbets and they show up late or like not at all. And you're just, Mm -hmm. you just kind of want to smack them. Yeah, that was the opposite of Jake. In 2012, Stephanie and her husband returned to Gunnison and moved back to the farm. See, she had taken that $30,000 inheritance and put it on a down payment on a house in Denver. But she came back to the farm in 2012. And The running theory is that she came home so she could try and get the ranch. Because remember, even though it was hemorrhaging, it was worth a lot. The land itself was worth a lot because it ran along uh, Quartz Creek, which, I mean, it was waterside, like, yeah, it was a big deal. So I'm going to try to describe Stephanie. So close your eyes. Okay. Picture yourself in Walmart. Oh, no. Okay. Now picture the bottle blonde in pajama pants, the one that has a baby on her hip who's wearing only a diaper and drinking Mountain Dew out of a bottle, and trying to buy camels with food stamps. So, you know who I'm, like, you can be. Now, she had a matching scrawny-ass husband with summer teeth. Do you know what summer teeth are? (laughs) Some are there, some are not. So, so yeah, like scrawny, summer teeth, it just, no. His name is Dave. Dave, or Deb and Jake did not get along. They hated them, they hated each other 
I mean, it was ugly all the time. Now, however much Deb and Jake argued, the mom and Jake didn't get along before, Stephanie would fan the fire. She was in Deb's ear about what a loser Jake was, and she told Deb that if she didn't kick Jake out, the only way he would leave would be in a body bag. What the heck? He's like doing all the work around the place. Yeah. She told Deb that he was really controlling. Now, he was both super lazy and controlling. Like, that doesn't... Yeah, which one is it? Yeah, pick one. It was just a really bad scene. And Jake and Dave hated each other worse than Jake and Stephanie did. Oh, man. And Jake thought that David... Or Dave was dangerous and... He thought that Dave could be violent. During one of their frequent quarrels, Dave pulled a gun on Jake and Jake called the police. Dave said that he was taking the gun out to set it aside so they could fight. Mm -hmm. And initially, Jake was going to take out an order of protection, but he changed his mind. The thought is... See, if he'd have taken out an order of protection, then Dave would have had to have left the ranch because of the proximity. So I'm sure he got convinced by his mother and sister that taking out an order of protection would be a bad idea. It was after the fight that Jake started going to a local jujitsu gym And he made great friends there, too. Like, he could just make friends so easily wherever he was. He was a likable guy. And during that time, he became even more disciplined. He was, like, eating really healthy. He even drank a gallon of water every day. I mean, he never... I say I'm going to do that, but I don't. I never do. Um... If he was going to miss a session, he would text several people to let them know how and why, or to let them know that they, he wouldn't be there and why. And one of them was the owner of the gym. Like, this guy was solid. In fact, some of his friend's wives were like, he's texting too much. You gotta, you gotta. Uh- <laughs> But nobody ever did because he was just the best guy. They did say he was a know-it-all, but we all know know know-it-alls. On May 6, 2015, at 2.29 in the morning, Jake texted his friend something about music. At 3.17 a.m., Stephanie Jackson received a text that said, it's time to play. And I never found who that text was from. At around 7 a.m., Stephanie posted on Facebook, have you ever been woken up with such awesome news you wanted to run outside screaming? And somebody said, uh, somebody commented, Jake, question mark. And she said something like, I'll text you or I'll message you or what i know three days later a guy who rented a place to live on the ranch saw deb burning a mattress oh he said it had bed bugs surprisingly nobody ever called a exterminator or anything after five days of not hearing from jake his friends went out to the ranch And remember, this guy was texting so often that his friend's wives were getting annoyed. So no text for five days was like, it was a thing. Yeah. They went out to the ranch and they saw Elmo running around in Jake's motorcycle park by the barn. Which those two things just weren't, they didn't happen. So they talked to Deb. She said that Jake went with a friend to an MMA 
competition in Nevada, but she didn't know the friend. Deb told them that he wasn't texting them because he dropped his phone in an irrigation ditch and left it home in a bag of rice. But again, why do people always like, well, not always, but like, it already feels like she's giving too much detail for somebody who like, doesn't have a relationship with him and stuff, you know, like, yeah. And that, I mean, I know people who drop their phone in the toilet, like all the time, but he, I mean, everybody has an accident dropping their phone, but. And just the MMA thing, like, I don't know, like you just hear people do that where it's like, that's something that can be like checked, like yeah, through his bank or, you know, at some point, I don't know. Yeah. Jake's friends were not convinced, but it had only been a few days and they were kind of hoping that Jake just said to heck with it and took off, you know, away from his mom and Stephanie and Dave, but they also knew that that wasn't true. Oh, and just so you know, the jujitsu gym, none of the people there knew anything about the MMA competition that he wanted to. And it'd be kind of like topical conversation for the gym. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and he, with as much as he talked to his friends, he would have been like, guess what, you guys, I'm going out to an MMA competition. Right. Whether he was going to watch it or participate, whatever, like, if he texted at 2.29 a.m. about music... He would have said. Yeah. After two weeks, the friends went to the police to file a missing persons report, but they were told that they couldn't because they weren't family. Now, just so you know, it is the law in Colorado that anyone can file a missing persons report if they had credible information that someone is missing. So I wondered if maybe they just didn't have credible information. But just like a week or two before he disappeared, he told his friends that if anything ever happened to him, to look at Dave. Oh, man. Seems like a credible reason to check things out. Yeah. But no missing persons was report was filed. Now, Officer Michael from the Pitkin County Sheriff went to the ranch to check things out. Deb repeated the story she had told Jake's friends, and they had wrote no reason not to believe it. I mean, it's his mom, and they live together, so I just want you to know that Jake had the best set of friends. They kept going back to the sheriff's department to file missing persons reports. All the friends, like five or six of them, dozens of times. And no one ever took the missing persons report from them. But the conclusion of the story, ultimately, and we'll talk about that in a minute, is it's because of their persistence that that the conclusion happened. Yeah. And his friends did some pretty impressive detective work. First of all, they noticed that one of Jake's motorcycles were for sale at a pawn shop, only it was a different color and it was a crappy paint job. It seemed to me like it was a spray paint thing and Jake would never do that. They were able to get a copy of the title and the title was signed by Deb and Jake. However, that definitely was not Jake's signature. It was the exact same writing as Deb had used for her signature. Also, there were pictures that Dave posted to Facebook where he was riding Jake's favorite beloved motorcycle. You know, Mm. the one that he rode everywhere all the time. And there's no way Jake would have been okay with that. He hated Dave. And that was his baby. Each time Officer Michael would go out to the ranch to talk to Deb, she told him a different story. I'm going to read off some of the stories that Deb told. Are you ready? You should be ready. 
Uh oh. There's some doozies. First, he went to Delta, Colorado to help his grandparents. Although it's funny, his grandparents didn't know anything about that. He went to New Mexico to go on a backpacking trip with his dad. Although it's surprising that his dad in New Mexico didn't know anything about that either. He probably got in trouble and is either hiding or in witness protection. Oh, okay. To that end, she told police and Jake's friends that he stole a book from her called, and this is an actual book with the longest title I've ever heard in my entire life. How to Disappear Completely for Survival, a step-by-step beginner's survival guide on how to evade your pursuers, go off-grid, and begin a new identity without leaving a trace. (laughs) By Ronald Williams. Now, this book that he stole is free for Kindle downloads on Amazon. Just just FYI. (laughs) What a dummy, too, because... Literally, all they had to say was they didn't know. It's not illegal for a, an adult person to just walk away from their life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad that they were dumb because I have a bad feeling about what's, what's coming. But, like, none of this made sense. Oh, and I should probably mention that Jake had severely injured his ankle in jiu-jitsu class a few days prior and was on crutches at that point, so... Camping probably wasn't the best idea. Yeah. Yeah. There are other stories too, but those are the craziest ones. Anyway, Jake's friends kept asking her why she didn't report him missing. And she said she didn't want to get in trouble for false reporting if he showed back up. That's not suspicious at all. (sighs) Yeah. Finally, three months after Jake disappeared, Deb filed a missing missing persons report. She had said that training for jujitsu had put Jake in with a bad crowd. And that's when she told detectives he was in probably in hiding in witness protection or maybe dead. Wow. Yeah. She was interviewed by a reporter for the Gunnison Times. And so the journalist asked her you know, when was the last time you talked to Jake? And she said, I'll have to get back to you. I need to look at my calendar. (laughs) Meanwhile, the missing persons that we talk about, I bet you their moms can tell you down to the minute. Yeah. When they last spoke to them. Two years pass. And at some point, the sheriff's department acquired a search warrant. However, the 7-Eleven was 700 acres, and they knew that if they spoke to her and spooked her, they'd never find anything, ever. And prior to that, um, his friends actually set up a Facebook page, Where is Jake Millison? And you can still check it out. It's still out there. And they have pictures of Jake and his friends. And I mean, but let's go to June of 2017 because there was a convention of cadaver dog handlers in Gunnison. A convention. Like just happened to have a convention in Gunnison? Yeah, so apparently they meet places every so often to work on the dog skills and just like congregate. Were their friends all that fellowshipping? Were his friends like, "Hey, no, the Denison Sheriff's Department did." They were like, "Hey, good after dog people, let's." Well, you're here. Yeah, would you be willing to? And of course, they all said. Yeah, absolutely. We're in. So I think it was something like 11 cadaver dogs. Wow. Out and they, um, they served the search warrant. I'm telling you, it was like the stars aligned. No kidding. They, police, had also received an anonymous tip. 
of where on the ranch to look. Now, I told you about the guy who was renting a space on the property for his trailer. Now, his trailer wasn't like an Airstream or even a nice one. It was like a janky looking busted down one flat tire like and this guy did occasional work on the ranch. So the belief is, and nobody's ever confirmed it, but the belief is that he's the one that called in the anonymous tip. Now, while they were searching in the lodge, they found an amended version of the will that left everything to Steph and Dave. How convenient. It had been changed after Jake disappeared. Uh-huh. Not before. Because if someone, and I, I know this for many reasons, but if a parent dies and leaves a child absolutely nothing, like nothing at all, that child can contest the will. Okay. Because... It's just a really unusual thing. Yeah. So a lot of people, even if they don't want to leave a whole bunch to a kid that was like a stranger or whatever, they'll leave $10,000 or something just so that they make sure that they can't contest the will. But it didn't take long for that herd of cadaver dogs to find Jake's body. He was buried in a pile of manure, in a trash bag, with several sheep heads. Oh, jeez. When the detective was interviewed on Dateline, he had to stop the camera because he was crying. Now, I want, I want to just give you a picture of this guy. This guy was like the ultimate guy's guy like this sheriff was i mean tough as nails like rockford files like you know what i mean like he was yeah and he was just so devastated by the whole thing which should tell you how bad it was and they didn't find his entire body they found an arm and part of the torso and his head um but that was that was all of it a month later, Deb confessed to everything. But wait, don't get your hopes up just yet. Because she even said that she moved Jake's body by herself. Now, mm. Jake was 170 pounds. Deb weighed 97 pounds. And she was nine days post having her gallbladder removed. Mm, yeah no I've so she's that protecting surgery. that surgery is a bear to recover from it was it was the worst I mean I've had surgeries and I'm telling you that one was just horrible to try and recover from in fact at Deb's job uh, she worked at a nursing home she was assigned to light duty and she couldn't lift a bale of hay at that time. And a bale of hay is about 40 pounds, but she moved Jake. She said she waited until Jake was asleep and took her lady Smith and Wesson, a 38 caliber snuck in and shot him in the head. And she did that while he was asleep because he had been on a tear that day. He had destroyed the house. He had thrown her around. It was self-defense. Remember his severe ankle injury? Yeah. Then she moved his body to the manure pile by herself. Investigators asked her, you couldn't lift a 40-pound bale of hay? How in the name of Franny's panties could you have moved Jake? Her answer, and, and I'm going to give you a direct quote here. Her answer, 
Yankee ingenuity. <laughs> wow. She said she wrapped him in a tarp, put straps around him, then winched him out of the house. At that point, she used a bulldozer to dig a hole in the manure pile, then got Jake into the bucket of the dozer. Now, when you see a picture, if you go on the Facebook site, they have a picture of this dozer because um, Jake was driving and his friend was in the bucket. They were just having a good time. It's not like a full-size dozer. It's a mini. 170 pounds would have like tipped it frontward. Um, so yeah, but she got Jake into the bucket of the dozer and then dumped him in the manure pile and then filled the hole over the rim, uh, the pile with the remaining manure. Seems legit. Investigators shockingly were not convinced. Remember Stephanie's Facebook post on the day Jake disappeared? Yeah. Plus... And I didn't tell you this until now for a reason. But Deb only had a few months to live. Oh, well, there you go. She had been um, diagnosed with stage four breast cancer. And she only had a few months left. Like she was past the point that even chemo would help. Yeah. You know what I mean? She was like, and when she was arrested, she weighed 75 pounds what kills me what blows my mind is that her mugshot she is smiling and i just drives me crazy but here's the thing they couldn't arrest her right away because her story made no sense and there are a lot of people who falsely confess, but because it made no sense, there was too much that would make her story pretty easy to overturn. Yeah. And so in order to make sure that whoever went to jail stayed in jail, they couldn't arrest her. In March, Stephanie conv- uh, confessed, but not to the murder. She said that she didn't know what happened until a couple of days later when her mom had told her the story. Like, you can't hear my eyes rolling, but but trust me. Yeah, Stephanie's a yeah. filthy liar. She's a filthy liar. And don't forget Dave. Yeah. He said he didn't know anything about it until he was digging in the manure months later and came on Jake's bones. He did say that he moved Jake from one manure pile to another, which makes me wonder how many, how, how much manure was on this front. Like at some point you would think, anyway, like there's just piles of poo all over this. That's just weird. But he didn't say anything because he was afraid of Stephanie. Now I am convinced he was involved from junk however i do know that he was also afraid of stephanie he had threatened to leave her at one point she pulled a gun on him and shot a hole in the floor at his feet like i just picture yosemite sam shooting at bugs bunny bugs bunny's feet telling him dig out to you filthy varmint like oh geez yeah so trust me he he was in on it but i think he was afraid too Anywho, because Stephanie and Dave confessed to their parts of it, then prosecutors knew that they could convict Deb of the murder and that she actually did shoot Jake in the head in his sleep, even though nobody believed that she did it on her own. It was just now they could get everybody in jail. In May of 2019... Deb was sentenced to 40 years. She died after four months. Stephanie pled guilty to tampering with a dead body and was sentenced to 24 years. And Dave was sentenced to 10 years because he moved Jake's body. 
The motive, in case you haven't guessed, is money and the ownership of the ranch because even though it had been trashed by hoarding and the animals had been sold off to try and pay for it and drought had made it impossible to grow anything, it was still worth money. Like it was still, the land was still worth money because if you put in a good irrigation system, like money was still to be made off that property. It will tell you that the ranch has since been split up into smaller parcels and sold. Personally, I wouldn't buy it because you know at some point they're going to dig for a reason and come across the rest of Jake. But So did the other brother get any of the ranch like after all this happened? I don't know. I never saw that information. Because that's also messed up too. Like, I mean, it's completely horrible that they killed Jake over this. Like, yeah, awful. But then the other brother who was like, he and Jake were supposed to get the land. Like, is he just like out? That sucks. Well, and I wonder um, if they weren't able to pay the bills and they were in jail, if the county maybe seized the land. Yeah, because the mom still was the owner of record. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and even in her will, she had left the, the property to Stephanie and Dave, but they were in jail too. So yeah, I wonder if the, the land was seized in order to pay off the bills. And I'm sure that's why it was divvied up and, and uh, sold off like that. Because yeah. it was really, really hard to sell a seven acre, 700 acre piece of land for $3 million. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's very few people going to be able to do that. And even fewer who would want to. So I, I did look on Google earth and it's actually really pretty there. And the, the Creek is really pretty, but the house and all the outbuildings are still there. What ugh, the stuff that people do for like greed. Well, and what kills me is like, why would you come up with the dumbest stories? Like, I mean, it's exactly what you said. All they had to say was, I don't know. He yeah. just dropped off the face of the earth. We yeah, I don't know. We saw him yesterday. I haven't seen him since then. I tried to call him. Can't call him. Like, I don't know. And if she would have filed a missing persons report like five days in, they'd have never known. No. What an idiot. I mean, I'm glad when they're stupid like that. But oh, too. It irritates <laughs> me that she um, only spent four months in jail. Yeah. Because she deserves so much more. Yeah, she really did. And I look while you were talking, I looked up her um mugshot. Right? She's her in her face. Yeah. She has the most punchable face. She really does. And Yankee ingenuity. Like, <laughs> that sounds like something you're proud of. Yeah. That's awful. And I mean and even her confession didn't make any sense but i'm like i would put money on in vegas on the fact that she they were all three in the room when when he got shot oh i'm sure and they probably like i'm sure it wasn't like spur of the moment either i'm sure they'd been talking about it they planned it (laughs) i'm looking at their her mug shots and his sister looks like she's just realizing the consequences of her own actions the mom's smiling and then the brother-in-law just looks like it's just dawning on him like, and, and he's got summer teeth doesn't he on this he has his mouth shut but oh, he just yeah. looks like oh no yeah like, well and, happened? and when you look at her picture you can see her in the walmart right yeah like horrible people horrible people wow and she says yankee ingenuity like she's proud of that accomplishment yeah proud about how she got her murdered son's body out of the house cool yeah you're so awesome big thumbs up you freak yeah 
Jeez. I mean, serves them right though. They have nothing now. Mm, like good. Not a tostada. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean I'm glad it happened when it The only did. thing they're going to be able to do is sell plasma. Like. Yeah. Yeah. Man, his poor friends and stuff too. Like trying to. Yeah. Trying to help and find him and being worried and. And let me tell you, it's because of them this was solved. Yeah. Because. squeaky wheel for sure yeah i mean well and it's really amazing that it did get solved 700 acres you said right yeah but they had an anonymous quote anonymous tip yeah and a whole herd of and the dogs that's amazing which makes me so happy like the stars just aligned perfectly for that to happen yeah because they had had the search warrant for a while but you can't just serve the search warrant right away if you know that she's just gonna like she had 700 acres she could have put him on yeah wow she could have gone to the very ends of the property and nobody would find him that's because they were so like arrogant too oh yeah yeah which I don't always, although I suppose you have to have a certain amount of arrogance to kill somebody, but yeah. it always blows my mind that people are so, like, they think they're so smart. Well, I bet with the sheep heads and the manure, they probably also thought, too, oh, if they ever send a cadaver dog out here, like, we've got that covered. Like, they'll never smell. Yeah. Like, a, a body. Well, yeah, they did. Yeah. Listen, my dog, I have a bloodhound. She can sniff out an angel food cake downstairs in my parents' microwave. (laughs) And she will be down there with her paws on the stove and her face pressed in the microwave because it's sitting in there out of her reach. Dogs, like bloodhounds especially, their nose is not joking. Yeah. Wow. That's terrible. I'm glad they found him though. Me too. But I don't even know. Like that story, I just kept reading it going, what? It, what? Yeah. And then, that book is an actual book and it's got the longest title of anything I've ever seen. And it just makes you want, so did they just Google that? Like books about like disappearing yourself and then that's like the best one she's like oh yeah i don't know or i don't know if she like really had that book because i don't know i don't know and i just have to believe that anybody that buys that book gets put on a list (laughs) like you would think so because really it's not illegal to walk away from your life no it's not so yeah so unless you're like hiding from somebody who's like coming after you or you're a bad guy, like, yeah, I don't know that you would need those books. Like you just, just go. Unless you're like us. <laughs> and we, we reach, like my search history is so messed up. Oh my gosh. Mine is too. I think about that pretty often because especially I'm sure this happens to you too. Cause I don't clean out my history very often. Like, you know, so I'll put in like a keyword and then my other like common things will come up and I'm like, oh, dang, like, I know. And it have like, I misspelled something on my phone the other day and it auto-corrected to murder. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. <laughs> I know. This is not good. <laughs> I know. Jeez. So that is the story of Jake Millison. Yeah. Do you have a missing person for us? Well, of course, yeah. there's never a shortage. Ugh, I know. It's awful, isn't it? Yeah, and you and I were talking about it off the the recording last week, and we never really decided to sort of focus on missing children. We just sort of gravitated there yeah so 
since it's children, you'd think that we would hit like an end at some point. And even just within Colorado, there's no shortage. Never. Yeah. And that makes me so sad. Me too. This one today is Ariana Thomas. And she has been missing since September 29th, um, 2020 from Greeley, Colorado. Her date of birth is August 12th, 2003. So she's 17. Uh, white female, brown hair, brown eyes, five feet, two inches tall and 135 pounds. And like we talk about a lot too, how it's, it makes it really hard too, because there's no, that's it. Yeah. There's no other information. Um, but like we always do, we'll post um, her missing poster on our social media. And if you guys ever like are running across like our posts and, and have any update on some of the people that we, that we post, let, let us know, like we do search from time to time just to see if there's been any updates on those names. And so far I want to say it was Haven white was the only one that I know of that we've ever posted that has, has had a resolution and she was safe, but yeah, but they're like, I mean, I just not knowing would be, Oh, I can't imagine. And you know, I am sure like, because a lot of the, the missing kids that are, that we find out about, you know, are teenagers. So, you know, I'm sure there are some in there that have run away and stuff, but it would just be good to know that they were safe, you know? Yeah. 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 It's, I don't like, it breaks my heart. Yeah. And we were also talking about, we are committed to bringing you guys missing person reports because we've been blessed to have like a, like a platform and we want to make sure that we use it to help as much as we can. But I hate doing these ones. I I hate this part. Like, I'm glad we do it and we don't want to change it, but this is... I don't know, this yeah. part every every time. Yeah. I agree. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, before a- we let you guys go, please, if you have a case that you want us to look at, we would love to. We are super interested in that. And and we want to know what you guys are into, what you're thinking. If there's a case out there that just really has your has your brain yeah and it doesn't it doesn't have to be murder either like we do cover a lot of murders but crime just any kind of so if there's some like bizarre crime or like ridiculous crime or something you feel like people should know about even those let us know and even if like there's not a whole lot of information on it we can always put it in a shorty yeah so so let us know because we want we want to hear what you guys are, are looking at. And um, for the people who listen to our podcast, I don't know if you've ever heard um, the podcast, My Favorite Murder. That's kind of the podcast that you and I bonded over. Mm-hmm. And so we talk about our quote unquote favorites. Yeah. Which sounds horrible unless you know you're people like us and yeah it it really is about mostly the psychology of it all and the forensics and so we know that you guys listen and look and watch and we want to know so now there's a few that we've agreed that we won't do um, John Bunny Ramsey, there's just no new information. Ted Bundy, there's no new information. Yeah. And there's a couple that we've talked about that. Yeah, a couple recent high profile ones here that um, we just. Uh, yeah, no. Yeah. I mean, we have kids. And so a lot of times the ones about kids are just like when you spend hours upon hours upon hours researching like the nightmares are real when it's about yeah and so for sure yeah um 
having said all of that, I hope that you guys have a great week and, and we want you to stay paranoid and stay creepy and stay kind and be safe. Yes. We love you all. Bye. Bye.